We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. This is the ProView podcast, which we do uh, every other week on our Patreon platform. We're going to put some of our Patreon stuff out for free this season to give the wider listenership, the thousands of you who listen to the free show, a little taste of what you get on Patreon, £5.50 a month for 20 to 30 extra Newcastle United podcasts. Keith's been with us for over a season now. Uh, Mark and Norman, who do the shows with them, who you've already here, have a fantastic relationship with them. We love working with them. would love to have you on Patreon. Uh, listen to them every other week. So if you like this show, head to www.patreon.com forward slash TF podcast. All the shows on Patreon, including the free ones, are ad-free. So I'll stop talking and leave things now with Norman, Mark and Keith Gillespie for the True Faith Podcast Pro View. Cheers. Hello, listeners. It's the Pro View Podcast with Keith Gillespie, Mark Corby and me, your host, Norman Riley. Really good to be back chatting with these two lads. Been an interesting couple of weeks in the history of Newcastle United, obviously, as it always is, never a dull moment, etc. Um, lads, great to see the pair of you. Hope you're both well and we'll get straight into it with you, Keith. Um, Southampton, mate, a few things to discuss. Any positives you saw, plenty of negatives, I imagine. And the kind of the crowd turning on Bruce as well, your thoughts on that and, and if that will be something that you, you think might impact him ultimately? Yeah, I I think maybe towards the end of the season, you know, to stay up, I think we'll be looking at as a point gained because Southampton deserved a win without a shadow of a doubt. Um, you know, how we went through one up, I do not know. Uh, but you know, it's disappointing to, to draw the game when you when you score in the last minute. But you know, you can take the positive there that you know we we got battered and we still got something out of it. The, the, the problem for me at the minute is the amount of goals we're conceding. You know, there's three games gone already and the goals conceded, you know, quite alarming. Um, so you would like to see some activity in the transfer window, but that wasn't that wasn't forthcoming. Uh, but yeah, that, you know, I think there is times where the, the, the crowd, you know, I think the majority of, the, of Newcastle fans are obviously against Steve Bruce, so there is, it is going to, you know, reverberate around it, around the ground when, when people start you know, giving him a bit of grief. So, you know, I think he's probably been at clubs before where he's had that, you know, so it's it's nothing that he ain't used to. Uh, but it obviously, you know, can have an impact on the players too, which doesn't really help. Um, you know, it's a it's been a tough start to the season. 
you know, one point from three games. So, you know, hopefully, you know, you've got Man United coming up next and you got obviously the Ronaldo factor there. So realistically, it's going to be one point from the first four, you know, so it, it is, it is going to be tough, but hopefully, you know, they can start putting in performances and getting, getting results again. I was just going to say, Keith, actually, I'm thinking the old days at Newcastle, mate. I know that Dalglish wasn't necessarily widely loved, but I, I don't recall him ever being booed or being heavily criticised. Am, am I missing something there? Do you ever recall being at Newcastle where the manager's been getting pelters from the crowd and it's, it's kind of had this toxic effect? No, well, I mean, obviously, when I was there with Kevin, <laughs> you know, he, oh. never got a, he never got any, you know, and uh, Kenny came in and, you know, we've, we've spoke about this before, you know, Kenny wasn't, necessarily liked uh, because of you know we'd gone we, we'd gone from the entertainers to not so much entertaining <laughs> so to speak uh, but I, I've always said you have to remember he took us to the Champions League he took us to an FA Cup final the league form that season was poor we were bottom bottom half you know so it was you know obviously people were a bit disgruntled with with league form but there wasn't there wasn't that sort of booing or anything like that there towards Kenny, what what Steve Bruce is getting. And, and even after that, when, when Hullet came in, you know, I was only there a short while with Hullet. So I never I, I never seen that with him in the short time I was there with him. So, yep, I, uh, you know, the Newcastle fans, I, I know, you know, when things aren't going well at any club, things can become a little bit toxic at times. But, you know, thankfully for me, I never seen any of that. Not, not even at any other clubs. Did you ever get any of that, um, or, or was it pretty, pretty mild? I mean, because because I, I, what I was wondering was, if you know, if, if there's this kind of toxic atmosphere in the stadium, and basically, you know, when you get that stage where I suppose chicken and egg, right? The fans stop believing in the manager, and then that has an impact on the players. The players saying, "Well, the fans on on bothered, yeah." It's it's difficult for the players to get motivated. Or the, or the other way around, right? The the manager's lost the dressing rooms this year, and now that impacts the fans. And I was just wondering if you've ever been in a situation where you've you've been almost felt like this kind of the players have almost sort of down in tools because they're like this lad's not going to be here much longer, basically. Yeah, I think when it was a Blackburn, you know, after we were relegated, you know, we were obviously expected to come straight back up, and you know what the championships like is a difficult division. You know, it's it's not as easy as that, uh, but you know, you could sort of see that when things didn't start that season well for Brian Kidd, that the crowd did turn a little bit and. You know, at times you're looking around and, and you're thinking, you know, please somebody just have a bit of moment of magic here just to, to lift him, you know, because it it's not a nice atmosphere whatsoever. Um, so that, that was probably the only time, um, you know, I was at Leicester, you know, fair enough, we got relegated, but we'd just been promoted, you know, so we were, we were always going to be a team that would be fighting for relegation. Um, Sheffield United at the time I was there, um, you know, we got promoted the first year and then again we got relegated. But, you know, as a, as a promoted team, you know, we were going to be down there. But, you know, the whole thing about that was obviously the Tevez and Mascarena affair where, you know, we ended up getting relegated instead of West Ham. Um, but, you know, I'd say probably that was the only time when I was at Blackburn. Uh, it's interesting. I think... Um... I think because the reason I'm asking is reason I'm asking is because I think that you know some fans have been looking at thinking maybe those players aren't quite putting it all in because there's a there's a disconnect between the fans and Bruce and Bruce and the players. But 
I guess time will tell. And also, it's great that you mentioned Mascarone at West Ham there because kudos Alan Pardew, who selected Hayden Mullins ahead of him during that season. So, well done. Hard's <laughs> great choice. Um, oh, come, come to you, mate. Um, you were there, weren't you? So, just give me your, give me your take, mate. Um, yes, I was there. Positives. Um, I think we've got this knack to get goals out of the blue. As Keith said, we deserve pretty much nothing from the game. But that first goal... It wasn't an eruption um, on par with the the, the West Ham goal, um, but it was sort of like a, a disbelief moment. Um, but it was a quality goal, brilliant ball by Shaw or Shea, as I used to call him, and uh, you know, great header back. And you know, Wilson just dove in there bravely. Um, that's what strike good strikers do. Got in there, um, and let's be honest, he he, was, he looked injured for most of the game, and it was no surprise that he went off. But um, Again, St. Maxim's goal in, in injury time, it came out of the blue. Joe Linton, for one, showed a little bit of quality, you know, to cut inside and instead of just uh, lashing it as you'd expect him to do, uh, put Fraser in who, who should have done better, but St. Maxim was there. And again, it was sort of a, a huge relief, but around me, we were in disbelief as if to say, like, how are we going to get away with this win? And to be perfectly honest with you, it was sort of a catch 22. You, you want your team to win, but. It would have papered over far too many cracks. It was a, a diabolical performance. And um, just as, you, if you, as you've mentioned before about um, previous managers, you know, as soon as springs to mind as an instant, you know, the way that turned, it was toxic for about three or four months um, to the point where he, he had to go. Um, you know, Keith mentioned Kenny Daglish. The only moment I remember was, um, we discussed this on a previous part, when we played uh, Crystal Palace on that nighttime game when uh, we went two down and Palace, I think, were bottom. And if we had lost that, we were dragged right in the shade, you know, relegation battle. And I don't think the, the, the supporters chanted for Kenny or, you know, really had a go at him. But they let the, feel, the, the feelings know at the end of the game, they were booed off. And that was very rare back then because we were on such an upward curve for such a long time, you know, under, uh, under Keegan. That was a big shock to the system. And, um, you know, Keith rightly said there, we've got the Champions League and we're, we've got the Cup final. But that, that Cup final run, as we've mentioned before, it did paper over the league cracks, you know, because it was it was a pretty poor season, let's be honest. Um, but you know, going back to the the modern day, it it's sort of for me, nothing's really changed, you know. And, and Alex had a great podcast the other day with uh, the lads from the BBC, and I think it's the ignorance of it all, you know, when you've got the likes of Chris Sutton who who turn around and go, "He's having a go at him after two and a half league games," but it, it's it's not. There's only so many times you can reset the, the football. It's the same as what it was last year. And, I, you know, I, I, you've got to be fair. We won five of the, the last nine games, I think it was, where we beat Leicester away, which was a great performance. We beat West Ham. Granted, it was 10 men. But we also beat two relegated sides, as, as, as we've discussed, you know, as we mentioned before. It wasn't exhilarating football. And, yes, we've turned it around and we're on the, we're going places. You might have believed that if I had got off to a good start. But, you know, we've played a Villa side, West Ham at home, and so you'd, you'd expect, for me, you'd expect six to seven points there. You've, you've got to win your home games, and you'd, you'd like to think you can get a point away at um, Villa, who two years ago were behind us. You know, it's, and it's just ridiculous how much we've fallen, Norman. Um, I just think it's sad that, again, while we're a few games into the season, we're out of a cup competition, um, and for Steve Bruce to turn around after that cup game and say, well, we never got beat, I think he's missing the point there. We're out of the cup. It doesn't matter how you get beat. It, it, 
if you, if you progress in the cup and get a cup final, you've been the luckiest team ever, getting the best draw ever against lower league opposition and you know fortunate goals. You don't care as long as you get to the final and win it. But it, it, I don't buy that. We, we didn't deserve to get beat, but ultimately we only created two or three chances against the side that dropped nine players. So it's not just the Southampton game that fans are pissed off about. It's the start of the season collectively. And I'm led to believe Steve Bruce has went on holiday to Portugal. Good. Go and clear your head. Come back. Start again. Because ultimately we've got a huge game next week against Man United. It's a, it's a free hit, isn't it? Um, but unfortunately, as, as Keith said, I think... I think it's 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 set up for Ronaldo to come back and probably score a hat trick on his second debut, isn't it? And it's uh, it's it's worrying, Norman. It's worrying. And once now that the fans have turned, we need some results fast. Um, Forty-four thousand were there the other day. That's unheard of. Keith knows that's unheard of. You know, we've had um, fall, fallen crowds over the years at, at different you know parts of the, the history, but for the second home game of the season, only have forty-four thousand there. Granted. Southampton only bought about eight, nine hundred up. But that's it's probably going to go up again against Leeds because Leeds will sell the allocation. In Leeds, it's a derby to us. It's a huge game. But after that, you'll start looking at the fixtures and you're starting to think, if we if we get a crowd under 40,000 in the Premier League, that's that's disturbing. That's worrying. We kind of did have that almost though, under um, Bruce the first Christmas, right? They just gave 10,000 tickets away, three season tickets, um, which is... I mean, again, you talk about unheard of. That is that is totally unheard of. Um, I was going to actually ask you, Lars, a bit of a curveball. Yeah, I'll come to you first, uh, Keith. Um, I'm, I've got this question. Do you think you can turn it around, right? And, and But then it, what does that even mean? You know what I mean? What does turn it around mean? Does that mean finishing 17th or does it mean finishing higher than 17th? So I guess I'll put that to you, right? And, 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 you know, we keep seeing it's early days, but also in the context of we've had two seasons. Like, can he turn it around, air quotes? And if so, what does that look like to you, mate? <laughs> yeah um, well I mean you're basically working we're basically talking about the same squad that we were last season you know Willock's come in but you know he was there for a long period last season um, you know what 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 was the position, final position last season I've forgotten again 12 uh, 12th um, anywhere around that is is good for me Um whether they can do it, I do not know because you you need to strengthen every season, or else you fall behind. That is that is a long and short of it. You know, you look at you look at Man City winning leagues. They go, they go out and I know that they didn't get who they wanted, but they're still trying to bring in the likes of Harry Kane. That's after winning the league. You know, Newcastle for long periods last season it looked like they were going to finish a lot lower than twelfth, um, but. I think we were probably quite fortunate that there was probably a couple of sides that were relegated pretty early. And mm-hmm. and then Fulham were always looking like they were going to go as well. So we're quite lucky that we we sort of knew where we were going to be. We knew we were going to stay up quite early. Um, I don't know if we can turn it around because, you know, three games in, you know, three... I mean, the West Ham performance wasn't that bad, you know, because, you know, we went one up, we went two one up, two each. The penalty wasn't a penalty. You know, goals, decisions changed changed the game. Um, you know, so the game away at Villa didn't deserve anything. We got a draw against Southampton. We didn't deserve anything. So, you know, we're, we're probably one point better off than where we should be. Um, you know, and that's, 
that's that's not a good thing to say after three games. Um, so, you know, if if we don't beat Man United and then we got Leeds, you know, that's a tough, tough game. You know, you could be sitting one point after five games and you're in a massive relegation battle already. Uh, so, you know, even if it's 14th this season, I think it's it's near enough improvement. I know it's less than we finished last year, but I think um, I don't think there's as many poor teams at the bottom. Last season, when we started at the beginning of the season, I was like, "Yeah, there's definitely three teams worse than us." This no, season, this season, I'm not not so sure because I like to look at Brent. You know, you always look at the teams coming up. I like to look at Brentford. They play good football. You know, maybe Norwich. You know, will will probably go, but you're sort of scratching about then. You know, who else is is going to be worse than us and you know, that's not a Newcastle way of thinking. You know, we're tra- we're thinking, is there three teams worse than us? You know, with what we've had and we've experienced, you know, quite a lot of year, few years ago now, but we're always looking towards the top end. We're never even thinking about who's worse than us. You know, so it, it's it's crazy how things have fallen so badly. Sorry, Sid, I think you're right what you say about finishing... Like if we finish 14th this season, even though we finished 12th last season, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't improve, right? I think if you're in that... If you're in that group of teams that finishes between sort of 10th and 16th, the position to a certain extent isn't necessarily reflective of improvement. It's how you it's how you play the football, right? It's how you pick up your points. It's you know whether you've tightened up defensively or whether you score more goals, whatever. There are different ways of looking at improvement. But I think with us, I mean, we're 17th at the minute, and um, I'm, I'm scared that won't be the position at the end of the season. I mean, I'm scared it'll be it'll be lower. Mark, same question to you, mate. What does turning it around look like for you, and, and can it happen? Um. I don't think you can't turn it around. I think it's too far gone. I think once you've lost the support and you start getting chance against you um, when things aren't going well, I, I think he's, he's lost the support. He'd already lost the majority anyway. And as I said on the last podcast, the, the football was played out through television, through a lens, and you couldn't make an impact. Um, the fact that we can't make an impact now, um, and I say we because I was one of the ones who was chanting because I just, I just don't see any change. I don't like the way he speaks about the supporters. Um, he's defended the hierarchy this summer. He was happy with the, the strikers that he had when, when when he had lost two. You know, there's no reinforcements coming in. Um, I don't think you can turn it around. The only way you can turn it around is by winning games. It's as simple as that. Um, the football's never going to be attractive under Steve Bruce. It hasn't been attractive for a long time. You know, we can mention the R word under Rafa. It, it hasn't been attractive, but ultimately winning games stops protests it stops you know people being angry on the terraces um you know there's there's a there's a, a meeting tonight in the irish center with regarding fan groups i don't know who exactly is involved but it, it is regarding the next step in protests now the question is, is what are the, the protests and about are the protests against the owner the manager the premier league for not uh, allowing the takeover to go through smoothly it'll be interesting to see what comes of that but ultimately protests tend not to work uh, you, you can't force the issue, um, but you can make your voice heard to a point where the hierarchy might think they've got to do something about it. Otherwise, if the, if you if you add, you know, a poisonous stadium where it's already going to jeopardise. Let's be honest; it will have an effect on the players because I think they were in shock the other day. But if you add that to, as we mentioned before, Norman potential. 10,000 empty seats, potential free tickets, however they want to do it this time. And also bear in mind that the price freeze ends in February. And we've heard rumours that they're not going to stick to it this time. 
so they could lose yet more supporters because they could put another 100 150 quid 200 pound on on the price when you add when you add it all into the mix steve bruce is going to have to do something remarkable over the next couple of months for the likes of myself and thousands of the supporters to actually think this is worthwhile sticking out now because there's only so much you can take um you know, I, I know people who are in their 60s and 70s who've never, ever dreamt of walking away and they've walked away now. They've had enough. That's not just about Steve Bruce. It's about the whole club, the structure, the fact that the, the stadium's rotting away. Um, you know, you, you mentioned clubs. We, 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 keep, we keep mentioning Leeds and Villa, I suppose, as sort of the the benchmark or the sort of on par with us at the moment. But that, that we're getting left behind, as Keith said. Look at the players that... Um, you know, Leeds have bought in the summer a Barcelona left back, a Man City winger. Um, you know, the new kid from Man United. Yes, they're not they're not superstars, but at least they're trying. Same as Aston Villa, they sold Grealish that best player for hundred million, but they've spent money. They're trying. Newcastle, if we sold our best player, you can't ever imagine we're going. All right, well we've made a profit there on Saint Maxim for argument's sake. Let's go and spend that money. You just can't see it. Um, long-winded answer, Norman, but I don't think you can turn it around. I think once you lose the supporters at any football club, um, you, you, you just it doesn't matter if you win win a game. I don't think the fans are going to forgive them now. I think it's too far gone. I would agree. I mean, I'm also obviously surprised that we didn't put in a bid for Ronaldo. Really, that's um, a bit of a bit of a shock that that one didn't come off. Um, I would actually go beyond Villa and Leeds at the minute. And Keith mentioned Brentford. And their model is set up for success. The ambitions there, the long-term investment, the fact that they're spending money, but they're spending it sensibly. They've got a young manager who's got like a lot of a lot of different ideas about how to play the game. Um, and, and that's saying something, right? As a Newcastle United fan, I went to watch Brentford in 2008, I think, or to early 2009, freezing cold day in February. In fact, it had been snowing. It was a massive snowstorm in London. I remember we got, to, got sent home from work early, which was mad because they're like, oh, there's snow on the um, tube lines. You're like, all right, okay. Most of it's underground, but whatever. Um, yeah. And I went to Brentford, and this was when they were on the bottom division, right? I mean, it was absolutely freezing. They were shocking. They were on the verge of administration. They beat Chester that day, three and out. And Chester obviously went into liquidation. And to think at that point, to season that Newcastle got relegated from the Premier League, eight or nine. At that point, they were on the verge of administration. Now, to think they, 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 they're beyond Newcastle. And even if in terms of stadium, Newcastle's got 50,000 capacity, whatever, 52,000, fair enough. But the stadium's dilapidated, right? They've got 18,500 and it's brand new and there's a possibility of extended the need to. And it's just it's just kind of sickening, as I say, and you're comparing your club to, to Brentford. And that's no disrespect to Brentford. I'm just talking about where they are as a club, where they were as a club compared to now and, and even Brighton to a certain extent. But... But there you go. And I tell you what we'll do, lads, because I'd love to talk about the transfer window. But just quickly, Mark, I'll come to you and I'll get your, your quick thoughts, Keith. Just a quick one. If we say that Bruce can't turn it around, right? Or we don't know what turn it around looks like, or it's 17th at best. Given, you know, bearing in mind how the transfer window went yesterday, given Ashley, who who do you think is there now that would, would could possibly come in? Who who is it? I mean, I mean, look, personally, I think Chris Weiler would be brilliant. Whether he'd take the job or not, I don't know. I would like that. But whether that happens, I don't, I don't know. So, so realistically, could you see someone like Wyler, someone like how, or anyone else you've thought of taking the job in the current circumstances? First of all, you know, just to say that we're not totally anti-Bruce yet, he's been well and truly shafted. Absolutely shafted. Completely and, agree. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's a disgrace how 
is the the only person who speaks on behalf of the football club. Lee Charney doesn't speak to anyone. Mike Ashley certainly doesn't speak to anyone. He's hung out to dry. But he knew what he was getting himself in for. The problem Steve Bruce has had is his record beforehand made the support probably not give him 100% backing from day one. And he hasn't done anything to sort of make us change our minds. And as we said before, we'll kind of see him turn it around. Regarding other managers, now, <laughs> let's be honest, if Bruce is sacked or he does walk, it, it, Jones is going to get it. It's going to be short term because Jones hasn't... He, he's been praised to the hill, but ultimately still part of this caution setup. So he's got to take some responsibility and some blame, shall I say. But regarding the, the Wilder and, and how, yes, I don't see... There would be absolute idiots if they wouldn't fancy a job at Newcastle United. Now, I get that they'll probably be warned, but Steve Bruce was warned. He was, he was warned by Alan Shearer. You, do, you don't get a bigger uh, reference than that, do you? Don't touch it. Don't go anywhere near it. But Steve Bruce still thought, I can do a job there. There's plenty of managers out there who will still fancy giving it a good go because there will be that manager who'll think, I can turn it around. As Graham Sooner said back in the early 2000s, I'll be the man who'll win a trophy for that supporters. And now Sooners has not got a good good word to say about Newcastle, especially the supporters. So, Norman, it's, I, I wouldn't like to say, I think we should go after X, Y or Z. I just think that the club, it needs a lift. And without, because we go to watch the football and we can't touch Mike Ashley and we've got no say or no impact in him selling that football club, the only thing we can do is make him sit up and notice that it's not working on a Steve Bruce. We are going to be uh, threatened with relegation this season. We can't have a repeat of the last last season in particular when it was, I think, a run of two wins in 20. We were getting bored, weren't we, lads, of talking about the same stuff week in, week out. And when you add the first season as well, where that was mediocre, let's be honest, um, I think Shelby was our top scorer on six or something. It's it's just re, uh, rinse and repeat, and it's getting to the point now where we're bored of it. So for the supporters to get a lift, they've got to try something. And if that's Jones, I would rather that than knowing that we're going to go into the next home game with a poisonous atmosphere again. Very, very valid points, um, Keith. I'll come to you for your thoughts on that, mate. And obviously, you you can suggest Kevin Blackwell if you fancy it. <laughs> we know how much you rate the lad. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Number one choice. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I totally agree in terms of he has been hung out to dry. Um, you know, I don't know if there was, you know, if there was any promise of, of more funds, but to me, there probably wasn't. Uh, I think Steve Bruce obviously wanted the job because he's a Newcastle fan. He's he's local, um, so that probably had a big attraction to him. He probably didn't think <clears throat> it would be as bad as it was in terms of you know lack of activity, you know, in buying players. Um, but you know, if if somebody was to come in, you know, you know, and there were there were good names that you mentioned, like so Wilder, who who done a. a you know, a great job at Sheffield United. I think he was harshly treated in terms of when they get rid of him. Um, you know, would a Steven Gerrard be interested or is he just sort of earmarked towards Liverpool? But, great show, that little great show. You know, you know I mean, it, Rangers are obviously a massive club, but I'm sure he's got aspirations that he wants to manage in the, in the Premier League. Um, you know, he could manage Liverpool further down the line, but, you know, to come and manage club like Newcastle would be massive um, 
I'm not really sure who else is, is sort of out there that you sort of think, but you know, he he was the first one that sort of really jumped into my my head there when you when you mentioned about a manager coming in. You know, he sort of done his apprenticeship, done wonderful job at, at Rangers. But then there's only so far you can sort of take Rangers then, you know, because it is Rangers Celtic, right. Rangers, you know. Whereas you've got you've you've different you've different headaches in the Premier League. <laughs> you know, you've every game is sort of a tough game. You sort of look at the Scottish Premier League at times and you sort of think Rangers are away to Ross County this week. They're away to St Mirren the next week. You know they're away to Livingston the week. You know it's it's not that big a headache for 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 Steven Gerrard when you when you're talking about how difficult it is to win Premier League games. You know going away to Brentford, going away to Brighton, Watford. They're all difficult games. Every game in the Premier League is difficult. So yeah, he was the first one that, as I say, popped into my head. So you never know. No, no, I think I mean that's a great shout. And a couple of people at True Faith were, were mentioning Gerard last year when Bruce was under pressure. And he, he obviously did a fantastic job. Like you see, he's done his he's done his apprenticeship. He, yeah. you know, before Rangers, he, he did the Liverpool youth system and he he was the one who kind of brought players through like um Trent. You know, I mean yeah. he, and you look at last season, Klopp was having to use players from the academy when injuries kicked in, right? So he's he's definitely got pedigree. Um but failing that, let's just bring in Roy Hodgson. I think um <laughs> I think uh, I think as well the Scottish League you mentioned there. I reckon Ross County, I reckon me and you on the right hand side, Keith could do some damage, mate. So let's um have a look at your agent. See what, no, see no disrespect to any of those clubs I mentioned. No, of course, no, not much <laughs> Not much ever, but I reckon I'd give five. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just leveling up in terms of where they are and where Rangers are. Just to don't want, see, any, see, don't want any stick from any Ross County fans or mm-hmm. St. Mirren or, or Livingston. Yeah. We do get plenty listening to this. So what, I, so what I'll say is, is I still fancy myself overlapping you in the Scottish Premier League. I reckon I get five goals and about seven assists, but you know what? We'll have to leave that to, to dreams. And um, we'll we'll move on the transfer window then. Um, I put it. I put this to you, Keith, before I go to you, Mark. Actually, right. We've we'll kind of discussed the implications. Really, I suppose first thing is, I I genuinely feel that if if Bruce walked and just said, you know what, actually, to hell with this. Uh, yeah, basically taking the piss out of his right, which is exactly what they've done with every manager who's been there. Simple as that. The only one to really verbalise that the only two actually were, were Keegan and, and Benitez, right? Both, you know, both as honest as the day they were born, and both, you know, both very uh, well engaged with the fan base. Um, for me, if, if Bruce did say I'm leaving, I would actually, I would admire it. You know, and that, this isn't me kind of doing some sort of wishful thinking, saying I want him to leave. I mean, I ultimately, I do want him replacing the manager. I can't, I can't deny that, right? But at the same time. It's not me thinking of it as a way that he leave. I just think I could understand if the bloke walked on principle. I could, and, and, and also walking away on those terms, you know, the reputation that he's kind of restored as a Premier League manager, because he has, right? He's finishing Newcastle twice mid-table. You look at it out of context, twice mid-table. The side that doesn't spend much money, a terrible owner for a manager who was written off and he's leaving. On, but that, that to me suggests that he, he could potentially get another Premier League job, you know, as a, as a kind of firefighter, right? Um, so there's that question. And... I mean, actually, no, we'll just ask that one first because I want to talk about what other clubs in the business they've done because there's some really exciting ones going through. So just just quickly on that, Keith, and then to you, Mark. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And if, if he did walk, you, you would have to admire because coming into a club like Newcastle, you expect to be given a lot more than what he's given. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we just talk about the personnel all the time and it, it isn't good enough. It really isn't good enough. And, you know, we talk about two mid-table finishing. With that, with that squad, despite the sort of football not being great to watch, 
you know, obviously the owner doesn't care about that. It's a results business, blah, blah, blah. But I suppose it is. He has, he has done all right then in terms of where they have finished. You know, would anybody else have, have finished higher with those set of players? I'm not so sure. They might have played more attractive football at times, but, you know, as, as I said, it is a results business. So I think, I think the, the fans would admire him if he was to do that, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, you know, because things aren't going to get any easier um, in terms of, you know, getting the abuse that he did after the last game. You know, that just, that, that continues. That is going to continue. And unless, unless they go six wins in a row, you know, things change very quickly. But how likely is that squad of players likely to do that? I'd say, you know, that would be uh, astonishing if they did. But, you know, if you were to walk, you know, you'd have to sort of applaud them and, and, and say, well done, you know, great honesty in doing that. I can't go any further under this owner. And ultimately, it's, 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 always, it's always the owner we're, we're actually venting our frustration at because he's the one who is just doing absolutely zero. Completely. I mean, yeah, you know, it's the, it's the cause and symptom, isn't it? I think um, if, uh, if Bruce turned around and decided not to come back from Portugal, I mean, not only would I admire him for leaving, but I'd also admire him for staying in Portugal because <laughs> what a great country Portugal is. <laughs> Cracking weather, great beaches. Good people, fantastic beer. Steve, if you're listening to me, because I know you do, you obviously, you know, you, you listen listen to it um, religiously. Stay in Portugal, man. I tell you, it's not worth it anymore. Um, Mark, Mark what, what's your thoughts on it? And actually, sharing from that, mate, let's get into the transfer window. Um, you know, we're looking at the players that have been signed by clubs like Leeds, for example. We couldn't even get Hamza Chowdhury on loan. How about that? Um, so, your, your thoughts on, as I say, Bruce, maybe, you know, just saying I've had enough. And also, um, anything... On the transfer window, you think fair play, good business, but you leave Ronnie out, leave big Ron out of it because I want to come to Keith for big Ron. Not Ron Atkinson, <laughs> by the way. Not Ron Atkinson. I think he's still alive, but he hasn't signed for anyone. Get him in. Get big Ron in for the tune. Um, yes, I think if Bruce did walk, it would be the best thing for everyone. I think I would probably, uh, you know, have a huge sigh of relief. Um, it, 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 it'll be good for him. He doesn't look a well man. We we were uh, we changed seats, me and Alex, for the the cup game last week, and we were right behind the dugouts, probably about fifteen rows up. And he just didn't look uh, a confident, you know, assured man. He, he, even when he was trying to tell the players what to do, it looked as if it was half arsed. It looked as if he sort of not got confidence in either his delivery to the players of what they're supposed to be doing, or he hasn't got confidence in what they're actually supposed to be doing. Whereas you had um, Sean Dyche, who was really animated. He looked, he was he was kicking every ball. He was arguing with the referee, the fourth official, the linesman. That's great. It, it doesn't win your football games going on like that. But it looked it looked as if he had a, he was organised. He knew what he was trying to get from the players, as limited as the Burnley players are. I think I would have respect for him because if he's a Newcastle supporter, as he says he is, he, he's clearly being shafted. He can only be sticking around for the money. That 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 that's got to be it because we, we mentioned Gerard. They always going to come in on Gerard. His caution stuff. If you still got Gary McAllister up there, I, I think. So you look at Gerard. You look at McAllister. That winners that had fantastic careers. Steve Bruce had a fantastic career. He was a winner. But then you look at his caution stuff. Steve Agnew, uh, Clements, uh, Jones. They're not of that standard. What you you would expect from a team who's trying to progress. And 
I remember a year ago, Norman, we had a podcast with uh, the journalist Luke Edwards, and he he queried the fact that maybe Steve Bruce needs a trade in his coaching staff. So, and he's, he's yet to do it. Granted, he's, he's being loyal, but end of the day, it's a results business. He's, he's going to have to change something. Or if he does walk, I would have respect for him, but I would, you know, a huge sigh of relief. You mentioned matter of principle, Norman. You instantly brought me back to uh, two contrasting stories with ex-managers. More recent times, you've got Alan Pardew. Um, he had a, them random runs, didn't he, where he would win five or six games off the belt. Everything was okay. And then he would go on a losing, losing streak as well. And it was, it, it was a point where you were like, I have a sack on my walk because this is not working anymore. And as it happens, Christopher Ballas somehow come in, I think they bought him for three million, didn't they? It was like, you got someone rubbing their hands, get him, we'll take him, we'll put Carver in charge, and we nearly got relegated. So it goes to show, are oh, oh, we going to accept middle-lower table sort of mediocrity, but survival? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Or I'm going to take that risk and give it to someone like Jones and we might end up going down. The other person I mentioned on the Terry McDermott podcast with Norman was Arthur Cox um, back in the early 1980s where he left under a matter of principle because he was told that he would be backed. He went for Steve Bruce, ironically, from Gillingham. He went for uh, Kevin Sheedy and he went for Mark Haley. Uh, Mark Haley ended up going to AC Milan, by the way, so it just goes to show... But he left because he wasn't backed and also give him a, what he called a derisory contract renewal of three years instead of four years. And it was just, he went, you know what? I've, I've got what promoted under a budget. Um, the, the fan base is there now. He, you know, he, he, the, the crowd went up by about 10,000 under Kevin Keegan. He obviously retired. And nothing's changed, Norman, in 37 years. <laughs> We're still talking about the board taking the piss out of the manager, taking the piss out of the supporters. But ultimately, it's getting to the point now where we can't touch the owners. The protests haven't worked. The marches around the city or boycotting haven't worked. So inevitably, the, the manager is going to get it, mate. And as I said at the start of the podcast, we, we need a bit of a boost. And Steve Bruce walking or getting sacked would be a boost, in my opinion. Oof. I tell you what, neat, pulling neat punches there, Kobe. Um, well, I'll tell you what, mate, because what we'll do is we'll talk about the transfer winner briefly. Um, and as I say, I would love to get Keith's thoughts on Ronaldo going back to Man U. So this, this is a bit more cheery, isn't it? We can, you know, we can just pretend that um, we're, we're not Newcastle fans and we just love football, right? And we're dead excited about these new players. Because i tell you one thing, I will say it, I'm buzzing to see Ronaldo play again. Um, I really am. But um, Mark, anything that, that struck you for me 
I think Benitez bringing in Rondon as backup for Lewin or somebody can bring from the bench is, is a phenomenal piece of business on a free. And you mentioned the Leeds players. I think Dan James and Harrison on the flanks is just under Bielsa. I mean, it's borderline criminal. It's borderline criminal, the excitement I'm feeling about seeing those two play. But there you go. Anything, anything for you, mate, that stood out? You know what, Norman? I would be a liar if I said I've analysed and scrutinised every club's business. I'm losing more and just more. Just lie, lie. <laughs> well, I, I, to, to be fair, going back to Ronaldo before we bring Keith in, it, it's weird because because we've fallen that far behind Man United, I'm actually quite looking forward to seeing him back in the Premier League. It's 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 ridiculous. I can't believe I'm saying it, and I'd like to think, and maybe I'm getting a little bit soft in my old age, I'd like to think he'd get a bit of a warm welcome at every stadium he goes to because he's the best player in the fucking world. It's as simple as that. You know, and, and we we are now blessed in a way that he's going to finish his career in the Premier League, probably. And, you know, granted he might score a hat-trick at Old Trafford, I'm not going to be there, but when it comes down to the game at St. James's Park, it'll be a joy to see him in the flesh again because 10, 11 years ago when he left... We were booing him because he was that good and we, were, we weren't competing, but we thought we were competing. Now I think we've accepted where we are. We've accepted we're falling that far behind. Um, it, it will be good to see him. But anyway, I did, you didn't want us to talk about Ronaldo half. I think I can't really go much further than what I said before about uh, Villa and Leeds. You know, Danny Ings, I would have eased, I would have took from... Uh, you know, I would easy sign Danny Ings, not as backup. I would have put him up front with uh, Wilson. I think Rondon is a, it's another, we mentioned Everton before. I'm jealous they've got uh, Rondon, jealous they've got Townsend because Rafa, that's a type of player who is totally, totally in, the, in, in Rafa mould and I'm jealous they've got Rafa Mita as his manager. Everton's business this summer from the managerial, the, the, the transfer window as well, it's where we should be, in my opinion. And um, the fact that Everton supporters didn't want him, to, didn't want him anywhere near the football club it, it's it's going to be a huge test for Rafa to win them over because he still needs to win them over. But as I said before, it's a results business. So Everton collectively, um, Leeds. I'm going to go Leeds because Leeds are, Leeds are, <laughs> Leeds remind me of uh, where we were in '93. We come up, we didn't want to just stop up. We wanted to progress. Following season, spend serious money to move on. So good luck to Leeds. Good luck to them. Totally agree. Uh, Damari Gray, 1.7 million as well. Outrageous bargain. Um, Keith, any anyone that anyone that stood out? And um, and also, please just, you know, say whatever you like about Ronaldo, whether that's waxing lyrical or thinking I was better than you, mate, when I was your age. You know what I mean? Someone along those lines. I actually watched the game last night. I was sort of excited just to see how good he was last night. And he was absolutely awful. And then he popped up with two goals. <laughs> He was absolutely all. He did nothing. Did nothing whatsoever. Uh, but, you know, he's he's just a phenomenon. Absolute phenomenon. You know, you look at his numbers and it just, he just keeps getting better. And you sort of think 36, you're thinking he should be going like that, you know, down. But he just keeps improving. And I suppose that's down to how he lives his life. And, you know, you see the shape that he's in. But, you know, I, I think it'll be fantastic to see somebody like him in the Premier League, you know, it, it's it's been sort of a bit of a crazy um, you know window when you think about the two best players on the planet, you know, Messi and Ronaldo both both moving. Uh, I think uh, you know the other night when I seen Rondon going to um, Everton, I was I was shocked at that. But, you know, I, I think 
you know, Newcastle could could do with somebody up there with Wilson. You know, a Rondon with Wilson, you know, would be would be a great two. You know, and you've got St. Maximum there as well. But in saying that, I was disappointed that he didn't get anybody in defensively because that's where the problems are, and we've seen that already this season. But you know, Ronaldo's obviously the big one that everyone's been been talking about, and. I suppose it's just Newcastle's luck that it looks like his debut's going to be against against us. So, you know, you wouldn't, as as Mark said, I wouldn't be surprised if if he came out and banged in a hat trick because, you know, that's that's what he does. You know, he just always he always turns up on the big stage. Spot on, and you're right. Like, it it does in games now. It looks like he doesn't do anything, but that's because of his age, right? He's preserving himself, and all he does is when he does do something, it's significant. You know, yeah. I mean, that's it. Bangs, he bangs in a couple of goals. I, mean, I don't know if he'll start against Newcastle. I don't think he will, but he'll definitely come off the bench and he'll definitely score. So, lovely. lovely. I, think, I, 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 I think he'll start without a oh, shadow really? of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. You know, he played, he, you know, it's not like he's, he's lacking match fitness. You know, he played 90 minutes last night. You know, he'll probably play for Portugal in, in their next couple of games as well. You know, and he, somebody like him doesn't lack match fitness. <laughs> No, absolutely not. He's ridiculously naturally fit. And um, lads, we will leave the, the chat there and we'll go straight into Mark's quiz. Mark Corby, quiz master. Let's do it. <laughs> Good stuff. Right. Well, if I'm not mistaken, Norman, you're 4-0 down, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to remind you. Right. Okay. Well, these questions, we're going to go on to the 95-96 season. Uh, we've discussed it on so many occasions. So, Norman... If you don't get all these right, mate, I may have to trade you in for another podcaster, um, to be honest with you. But we'll go with... Uh, <laughs> we're going yeah. to stick to a point basis. Um, yeah, we'll go with point basis. I think you've got one, two... You, oh, whatever, we'll just go with it. And uh, obviously, if you don't get it, we'll pass it to Keith and vice versa. So, Norman, 95-96 season. United start the season winning nine of the open ten games. How many goals did Keith score during this period? And I'll give you a bonus point if you can name the opponents. <laughs> was it? Was there a clue in that? Was there a clue in that? Um... Possibly, but I didn't want to say the other word because you would think that was a clue. Oh, oh God! I'm really. I'm. I'm trying to think. Chef, where are we? I haven't got long to do this, have I? Uh, I'm going to see if Keith scored. Keith scored two goals in that period? He did. Oh, he in. did. Is it he against goes. one team? Oh. You, you tell me. For a bonus point. I'll give you a bonus point because you're 4-0 down. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Oh, I've got it. I can, I can almost see the girls. <laughs> Just going to work with the opposition. Uh, I'm going to, I'm, oh, was it was a New Year match. No, I'm going to have to see it. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to leave it because I'm gonna get the team wrong. But I can. I, I can almost see them as well. I just kind of picture the opposition strips. But it was two goals. Keith, no bonus point made. But can you remember the opponent? Uh, QPR. Yeah, mate. Oh, spot of on. course it was. It was a weird, wasn't it? Three two. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> a charring, a charring header, and then a tap in from <laughs> a yard. <laughs> yeah, mate. I think that was another one where it was a long ball forward, wasn't it? And uh, I think you know. Past- I think it was Janola crossed the first one, and it was a header at the back post, went in off the crossbar, and then the second uh-huh. one, the guy pl- played the, I can't think of the defender was, he passed it back to the goalkeeper, and he'd run out, and he played it past him, and I just tapped it in. Yeah. Dalgleish yeah, must happened. have been watching that match, you know, and he must have thought, one day I'll get him up front against someone like Yapstar. <laughs> <laughs> that, kid, that kid's good in the air, I tell you what, get him up top. Brilliant. All right, Keith, over to you, mate. Uh, Les Ferdinand scored in eight consecutive League and Cup games between September and October. Which team stopped this run? Tottenham. <laughs> that was that was the game, uh, Mister Keegan H. told. That, yeah, that was the game. Mr. Keegan told um, told Biazzi that Keith was the best player in the country. Yeah, that's it. So, uh, one H. Keith, and, and, and he missed a really good chance in injury time. He did. He did. I always, thought, always thought he was overrated. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Norman, back to you, mate. Name the three Newcastle players that made the PFA team of the season. Oh, God. Good one. Uh, do you know that? Um, Rob Lee? One more. Getting, you bastard. Um... I want. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see a keeper. This is too easy. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go on eighty-five, eighty-six. Oh, Sir Les. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. He, he won it, didn't he? He did. He I did. He did win it. Yeah. I think he won the Raiders as well, didn't he? Yeah. He, I think he did. I know. I know. It was the first Newcastle player to win it. Oh, yeah. I know that. Uh, well done, Norman. Me, brilliant. I was quite. I was surprised at Rob Lee. I, I can't really remember him having that brilliant of a full season. Mm. But hey ho. Um Keith, over to you, mate. Um apart from the defeats at Man United, Blackburn, and Liverpool, which other two sides beat Newcastle in that run of five defeats and eight games between February and April? I'll repeat that, mate. West Ham. Well, I don't need to go on then. Arsenal. <laughs> It was weird. Bo- yeah. Bonus point. How many how many games in that eight run, eight game run, did you start? Probably one. <laughs> no, but I've got to give him it. Man. He's, 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 no, he's I, got I, it. I, mean, I think that's, must, I think that's reasonable. I, I, and again, I it's think, just. Uh... I think it was West Ham away as well. It was. 
Yeah. It was West Ham away, yeah, and you made a couple of sub. Fantastic, mate. Fantastic. <laughs> you getting injured? You getting injured? Basically, stop winning the title. So that's <laughs> unforgivable. Why did you get injured? What was the point? <laughs> this, this is the point I've always been made for about fifteen years. I know, yeah, <laughs> Norman, I'm going to give you the options because multiple choice, right? Good one. And then I'm going to give you the the phrase if mm. who who we're talking about here. Yeah, David Ginola. Tino Asprilla, Keith Gillespie. Okay? Mm-hmm. According to Newcastle United's Who's Who book, it was an official book released by Biffa from NUFC.com and the club historian Paul Joanna, if I pronounced that right. That was released in 2014. Who were they talking about when they described this footballer? Fast, direct, with a cutting edge to be a match winner. Possessed balance, control on the ball, and qualities that could easily destroy the opposition, and was quickly endorsed as a fan favourite. So, which of those three am I talking about, mate? I want to see a Keith, but I'm going to say Ginola. So, you want to see a Keith, or are you saying Ginola? No, I'm saying Keith, bollocks to it. I'm saying Keith. <laughs> it was. Keith, would you say that's a fair analysis of your time at Newcastle? Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Still new. I, I, I actually was going to say me because I think I did read that. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was going to do another one on um, on David. You know what? I thought. Well, no, fuck this. It's Keith's show. We, we don't want to talk about you know. <laughs> brilliant, Norman. Well done, mate. Another one for you. Thanks um, for making the questions a little bit more simple this week. I appreciate it. Can you DM? <laughs> Can you read questions on my season at uh, Crew Corinthians, 97 We're looking from the archives from the Wardley Gazette. <laughs> uh, right, so Norman is on three and Keith's on... Right, okay. Right, uh, Keith, back to you, mate. Final question. Can you name the four players who scored more than your five goals during the 95-96 season? If you get all four, I'll be well impressed. Les. Yeah. 95, 96, did you say? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Les. Peter Beardsley? Yeah. Rob Lee? Yeah. Ginola? I'm going to give you half a point. Right. Norman? Can I can I'm... I take this one by getting it? I can take, I can take all the points by getting this one. For <laughs> I, I might give you no point one. Nah. No, I, I can't, mate, because he's done that well. I think he knows it as well now. But do, do, do you know what I got five along with you, Keith? I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, have a, I'm gonna have a little think here. Um, five, six, trying to work with who got the goals. I mean, what anyone really came in for third and other did Um, can I see uh, Lee Clark? It wasn't, mate. Keith, do you know now? I was gonna have a guess at Tino then, but I don't. No, he didn't get that. Philip, I think. Philip Albert. Philip. I got Six two at City and scored against Wimbledon. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cup as well. Wasn't Mike Oh, League and Cup. I say you threw me there. I thought you meant League. Miss him. <laughs> oh, apologies. I'll give you a point each. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll get you That's back Because I, I knew Philly wasn't you. fit enough. I knew he wasn't fit all season, so I, was, I would never guess Philly. And I've just learned this one today, and if, if one of you's get this... There's sort of a Keith connection. In fact, there is a Keith connection. I learned this today, right? Come on with the Panini sticker albums growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Between 1978 and 1993, only one player 
featured in every single album. No, but I'm going to ask you first. Wow, that is a question. Oh, it's a great question. 78 to 93, was in every single album. I've got, I think I've got a good guess. No, I'll give you 10 seconds and I'll throw it to Keith. Uh, all right, Bruce Grabelow. I think he didn't sign for Liverpool until about 82-ish. Keith? Oh, I was going to guess um, Kenny Dagleaf. No. Oh, I, I just thought with the main manager, you know, they have the managers and all as well. That's a great point, but um, he was at Blackburn, 91, 92, wasn't he? Yeah, right. Great, great go, though. It's Brian Robson. Oh, my God, Bora, right? Was he? Oh, no, he wouldn't have been. still at Man U, then. He was still at Man U. West Brom. Man United. Well, that was a good question, isn't it? Yeah. It's easy one, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there we go. So just to conclude, Keith got three and a half. Norman got, in fact, he couldn't have got three and a half. He got two and a half. Norman got three. So the score now is Norman three, Keith six and a half. How did, oh, yeah. I, how did he fact, get, no. more, how did he get more than me when he got the first question wrong with QPR? Special question. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, I'm quitting. I'll work it out. I'll update it later, lads. Yeah. <laughs> still competitive. Before news at 10. Oh no, he, he got the um, the the number right, which was two. The QPR uh, was a bonus. Ah, uh, right. There you go. Tell you what, <laughs> lads, thanks ever so much. Thoroughly enjoyed that as ever. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. Your continued support hugely appreciated, and um, plenty more coming up here. And obviously over the course of the next fortnight, and we'll be back with Keith in a couple of weeks. Cheers, lads. Cheers, Norm. Cheers. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.